And those bitter old men like, <laughs> forcing me to go to the office and get out of bed to join this rat race. I can't believe them. This nine to five bullshit. Who signed up for this? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch rom-coms and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing with your wine glass tapping, tapping, tapping on the table? Oh, you can hear that? Yeah. That was my, that's, I'm just fidgeting with a, an eraser. Oh, that. Wow, too. shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the wine glass in the other hand is helping. Yeah, it's <laughs> always a bonus. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Survived whatever the fuck that 24 hours worth of torrential downpour was yesterday. Yeah, we tried recording yesterday, but there was a downpour that was interrupting even our watching of the movie together. Yeah, that was weird. Let alone, let alone being able to connect to record. So I had to postpone it slightly, but you know, it's okay. It is, it is what it is. We know that the tens and tens of listeners are ready for whenever we drop the drop it. <laughs> it. They've know? been, they've been waiting on the edge of their seats for this. Yeah. We have to deliver. It's time to get yeah. these out. Yeah, they, you know, they're they're about that content. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm uh, I've got football on in the background. Nice. And you know, speaking of football, we watched Silver Linings Playbook this week. Oh, because of Playbook. Well. That and also there's football's kind of a main subplot. Oh yeah. Wow, I already forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Deshaun Jackson's the man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sit down. We're having family time. Can't a father sit down with his son and watch the game? Sit down. <laughs> Stay a bit. I made homemades. <laughs> Fucking Robert De Niro. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into all that. Uh, this was, uh, I've seen this movie multiple times. Um, I remember I have too. I remember seeing this in theaters, um, in 2012, that was like the first year they like extended the, uh, best picture nominees to like almost like it could be up to 10. Mm. For the Academy Awards instead of just five. And so like they had like multiple movies on there and it was a interesting year because like not only was Silver Lightning's playbook on that year, but also Django Unchained and Lincoln. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? I forgot about those. I forgot who won that year, but what year um, was it? Let's find out. 2012. 2012 Oscars. It might be the 2013 Oscars. Best picture. Best picture in 2012 was The Artist. 
Really? Who were the nominees that year? Um, let's see. The Descendants, The Artist, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, Moneyball. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound like the year. I think it's 2013. 2013. 2013. Yep, there we go. Silver Playbook, Amor, Django Unchained, Zero Dark Thirty, Lincoln, Life of Pi, Argo, Les Miserables. Oh, Argo one. Did it? That, yeah. That, nah, that doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Argo, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> But I saw Argo in theaters, and I also saw, in the same day, like, I was, I had nothing to do, and it was a Friday, so I decided, after work in Salem, I was just gonna go watch movies, so I watched Silver Linings Playbook, Lincoln, and Django Unchained back to back to back on the same night. Damn, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, that was a lot of movie. A lot of movie that day. Because none of those movies are short. No, they were all at least two hours. God damn. Yeah. That's commitment. I, I As I said, I had nothing to do on a Friday. And so see, I just decided to do it. See, ladies, he is, he is capable. Commitment is in his blood. <laughs> <laughs> Committing to something for a long period of time. <laughs> that's that's something I'll, I'll do. Um, but, yeah. So, let's talk about the stats of the film. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Silver Linings Playbook is a 2012 American romantic comedy drama film written and directed by David O. Russell. The film was based on Matthew Quick's 2008 novel, The Silver Linings Playbook. And it stars Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence with Robert De Niro, Jackie Weaver, Chris Tucker, Anupam Kerr, John Ortiz, and Julia Stiles in supporting roles. Julia Stiles. Yeah. Um... And then still kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie, as we mentioned, uh, a little over two hours, 122 minutes running time. How much was the budget for the film? Mm, t- t- 25. $21 million. Nice. So yeah, you're right around there. How much did it make in the box office? Oh, I'm guessing this probably did pretty well. Um, hundred mil. Two hundred and thirty-six point four million dollars. Damn. Yes. So over ten times its budget. Well, then. <laughs> that was successful. Yeah, I agree. It was a huge hit. 
when it came out. Um, you know, and as you know, it's about a dude with bipolar disorder, you know, getting with a girl who's severely depressed over losing her husband. Mm. God, as we were reminded several times when yeah. he, he says to her, yeah, that's confusing. He's dead, though. Like you. <laughs> God, you're uh, not married still. He's dead. Like, God uh, damn, dude. I hate that I laugh at it. every time. I, yeah, I laugh my ass off. <laughs> but uh, it's just hilarious. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm married. Yeah, I am, too. Yeah, but that's confusing. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this that that exchange between the two of them. It's so fucking horrible, but at the same time it's like I'd probably say something similar in that situation. Yeah. The the one thing the one thing I'll say I did notice this time watching the film compared to the others was how hot and bothered he got from Tiffany. I didn't realize how hot and bothered he got until I watched it this time. What do you mean? Like throughout or? Well, from Tiffany specifically, um, when she has him take her home and offers, you know, offers to bang him in in her little apartment or whatever and the fact that he goes home and is and immediately starts looking for his wedding video yeah and so it's immediately he's trying to remind himself as to his main goal is you know which is to get his wife back but really it's to try to pre present this idyllic picture of his life and everything else because he doesn't want to be looked at like everyone looks at his father. Right. And the way that he judges his father. Yeah, that's fucking true. Which, I mean, even his therapist points out at one point to, to an extent, he points it out and he says, well, why did you, you know, why did you, they talk about why he put on that video and he says almost the same thing. Like, well, you're doing it because you're reminding yourself of what you're on what you're on course for, what your target is. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I've never, I have never heard his therapist say that in any of the previous times I've seen the movie. I must yeah. have just like tuned it out or just not been at a point in my life where it registered. But now I'm, I've watched it and I'm like, Oh, I kind of get some of this shit now. Yeah, I agree. It like you notice it more. Because, I mean, yeah, because, like, you're not laughing at, you're not laughing at the initial, like, newness of everything. Where, yeah. like, oh, wow, they're really talking about bipolar disorder and they're really talking about, you know, depression and slut shaming and gender politics. Like, mm. you know, things that weren't necessarily discussed out in the open as as frankly as it was in this plot and in the screenplay 
Um, now that we're almost a decade beyond it, I feel like we've opened up that conversation tenfold. Mm-hmm. But at that time, thank it God. Was, yeah, at that time, it, it wasn't necessarily taboo. Just people just didn't talk about it. And so, you know, to have that. So then, to so now watching it, you're beyond the whole initial shock and awe of, oh, you know, they're talking about crazy, like calling him a crazy fucker and this and that. And, mm. you know, you're beyond that shock. And then you're into the whole, oh, like now the actual therapy and what they're doing and what things mean and what actions represent. Mm. Like now you're starting to see other things and the film and it, and it provided for a, a, you know, a slightly deeper reading of the film, but quite frankly, it, ever since the first viewing of it, it was just interesting to me how David O. Russell basically just made a modern version of like a big, like mid century, mid 20th century, like rom-com. Like this has like a very, you know, like a hmm. high, high jinxy feel, you know, along the lines of Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant and, you know, and those, you know, mixed mashed pas- passengers on a happen one night and all this other sort of stuff. Yeah. Where it's got that whole sing songy rom-com feel, the old school rom- Hollywood rom-com feel, which I dig. But it was like, but that's what this film is. It's it's not like this tremendous piece of, you know, art that necessarily deserved to win the Academy Award. But I think it was done well enough to where having a nomination for it makes sense. Yeah, and especially since it, as we've already said, it, it was very culturally relevant in the fact that it talked about some unique issues that don't usually get talked about in movies, let alone rom-coms, which are, you know, real actual mental health issues, Mm -hmm. mental health issues that are relatable, whether you think they are or not. Yes. They're like deceptively relatable because it's not like a, you know, a mental disorder where it's like you either have it or you don't. And if you have it or if you know someone who has it, then yes, you can relate. No, this is shit anyone can develop at any time in their life. And you you never fucking know. You never know mm-hmm. if you're going to hit that point. Mm-hmm. Like- and, they, and they do a good job of showing us that context, showing us that these were two people that are more than just their mental health issues. They are actual human beings that had identities prior to us tuning in and seeing them this way as the audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, like, there's so many, unfortunately, there's so many women who ran, you know, all of a sudden end up in Tiffany's position. I hate that fucking Wid- name. Widowed. I hate that you fucking know? name. <laughs> yeah, there there actually are quite a few people that get into that position. I mean, I, I guess it fucking makes sense, but. Yeah, and it's just. 
it's tremendous. It's just, yeah. I mean, I'm just putting it in a context of like a normal breakup, not even a marriage, not even the disillusion of a marriage, but like just a big, long, long-term relationship that ends. Like the fallout from that is horrendous in terms of emotional shit to begin with. Now on top of that, add, okay, I'm suddenly alone after Mm -hmm. spending my life with another person as an equal for a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting over that. And on top of that, oh yeah, he also fucking died. So now Mm -hmm. I'm grieving and I'm alone. And (laughs) oh, I got to deal with like funeral expenses and shit. Like, God, that... I can't even, honestly, the fear of that shit alone has been occasionally enough to be like, maybe I don't, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to get married. Maybe. maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I've I've never let that side of me win, but. Yeah, but that's, that's, yeah. But the fear is real nonetheless. (laughs) That's that's tough. That's real. That's horrible. Sure. Um, well, this film has 261 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. That, that makes sense. What is its score on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's probably pretty fucking high. I mean, it's no wedding, wedding date, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, probably 80%, no, 80, no, no, let's go 85. It is at 92%. Jesus. I still wasn't even high enough. (laughs) The Silver Linings playbook walks a tricky thematic tightrope, but David O. Russell's sensitive direction and some sharp work from a talented cast gives it a true balance. It was a very well cast uh, group of actors. I would agree with that 100%. They all kind of fit the vibe that the movie seemed like it was trying to portray. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I. What do we got for a. a... What do we usually read? The user? No. What did... the, the critics. No, no. The other rating that you usually read from uh, like viewers. Like the average Google rating or whatever. Don't we usually compare it against the Rotten Tomato score? No. No. But uh, it has an 86% audience score. That's what I was thinking of. Audience score. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, so usually with something that high, the audience score will come down a little below it. But um, <laughs> Katie Presley of Bitch Media, who's <laughs> considered a top critic, gave it a positive review, but wrote frustrating as it can be to watch, mixing or. Uh, frustrating as it can be to watch mixing nuance for a heavy handed storyline that convinces viewers of Pat and Tiffany's humanity is forgivable that's a positive review 
Yeah. It's saying basically, even though it's frustrating because it's heavy handed as opposed to a nuanced view, but the, at the end of the day, the overall merit is there, which is that just because Pat's bipolar and Tiffany's depressed and widowed doesn't mean that they're not human beings who deserve love. Yeah. And oftentimes that, I mean, not oftentimes, this is, this is even worth saying out loud because more often than not, it's the case. You find common ground with another person like that. That's such an easy, good thing to find a common ground over too. Mm-hmm. Um, David Lambie of the Bay Area Reporter gave it a negative review. Uh, he wrote, David O. Russell's eccentric Philly cheesesteak screwball comedy leaves me cold, <laughs> but may prove to be his big crossover hit. That's a horrible review. That didn't tell us any useful information. That just gave us his opinion. Yeah, he said it left him, left him cold. Okay, um, cool. The freezer leaves me cold when I stick my head in it too long. Doesn't mean I'm going to give the freezer a bad review, you dumbass. Give us some useful information. Oh, I'm bitter when I'm sober. You mean not sober? What do you mean not sober? You've been drinking wine. Well, I haven't. I've had a like half a glass. <laughs> Molly Templeton of Eugene Weekly from Oregon. Hey. Uh, uh, she gave it a negative review. Um. Those silver linings deserves credit for its portrayal of the middle ground of mental illness. It's as much of a mess as its characters. Veering between tone deafness and deep sympathy, convincing portrayal and cheap cliche. Mm. Okay. Which is not necessarily wrong. The, Yeah, I actually kind of agree with that review. (laughs) Heavy-handed is a good way to describe some of this film. Yeah. Um, Because there are moments where it's just like, yeah, I I get it, David. Like, I get it, (laughs) director slash writer. I get what you're trying to do here, so on and so forth, yada, yada. Um, It also, it, it, it was long. It was long because of it. There were a lot of scenes that I feel like were drawn out and just clumsy and just stuff that could have been, you know, trimmed down a bit. What it comes down to is that, uh, you know, this or this review from Lisa Mullen of Sight and Sound, a top critic. uh, It's a positive review. Uh, Russell's smart, snappy script is delivered by a top notch cast including two thoroughly likable and well-matched leads. Again with the acting. At the end of the day, when we review these films and we talk about them, if the movie itself is along the same lines and the same recipe, the same, you know, everything that a rom-com we know that you know we know it to be it's going to come down to one thing it's going to come down to the acting Mm. and do we 
like the actors? Do we believe the actors? And I think it's easy to say with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence in this film, I like the actors. I believe the actors. Jennifer Lawrence is quite attractive in this film. She is. Um, Bradley Cooper, I could see how attractive he would be to others in the film. Especially at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, both of them at the end. That last dance scene. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, like... No, like watching that scene back and knowing that he knows that she wrote the letter. Oh yeah, and and, and like I love that his response is trying to be romantic. Like, <laughs> like but he has spent the last week in their in their existence, hiding the secret and acting, letting her like stew in this stress <laughs> soup about being in love with him and didn't do anything about it. <laughs> so like it's still not great. But at the same time that's the proper response. That is exactly what you know what would happen in that situation. I was trying to be romantic as shit. Again, believable. Like yeah, I I think for who they are as characters, mm-hmm. I think it's right in line with with how they would behave, how he would mm-hmm. behave, mm-hmm. and it, it it also keeps in in theme with the rest of the movie and with their characters that they're not they're both pretty fucked up at this point in their lives. Like they're both pretty messed up individuals that are going through a lot of shit at this. point at this particular moment in their life, their love or their uh, romantic side of their life is not going to be flawless either. It's going to be full of shit too. So for them to do stupid, completely avoidable things like that, like him waiting a week to talk to her about it, it's just for the sake of like the big moment, the big gesture it's like, yeah, in another rom-com, a sillier rom-com that didn't have a, you know, a, a subcontext to it of mental health. That would have just gone over perfectly. It would have been the great big gesture and it would have been beautiful and magical and we would have been done with it. But yeah, it's just, it's still a big, beautiful gesture. But the reality of it is that, yeah, but you made her wait a week. You mm-hmm. pretended not to know. Now there's a fall. There's a minor fallout from it, but there's a fallout from it but nonetheless. Like that's mm-hmm. realistic. That that keeps in theme with the rest of it. And I, but I just think of like when they're holding hands, you know, so on and so forth. But then of course Nikki actually shows up, which throws a whole fucking Nikki thing. <laughs> which is so interest. It's such an interesting wrinkle. For that to happen. Speaking of wrinkles, just like the one she was fucking in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that she is willing to have my Sharia more play is so foul. Right? Isn't that sadistic? Yeah. 
God. Like, even if you're not intentionally playing it, which I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt and assuming it wasn't intentional, the fact that you can disassociate yourself from the very song that was playing at your wedding, which you were supposedly an equal party to. Mm-hmm. An active to, participant of. To be able, yes, to be able to disassociate yourself enough to fuck over someone who shared that song, that memory with you. It's just, it's, it's sociopathic. Like it's borderline sociopath. That's some like, you are, you're robotic. If you're able to turn off your emotional associations like that, fuck off. I want no part of you. I mean, maybe that's what drew them together was, she was a sociopath and he was bipolar. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, knows. God, is is he spiraling into just a pattern? Of... We, ne- <laughs> we never really get to know her, like, mental illness if she has one. But That's true. Uh, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't put it too far past that no. she's afflicted by something. We assume she isn't simply because she's... All we see is his side of the story, which is that he has to improve himself for her. Which is like, okay, so we assume that she's perfect and he's not. And in reality, like, no fucking normal human being on Earth could be that fucking cold. Agreed. So I want to bring up the uh, other supporting cast, specifically uh, one Robert De Niro in this film. <laughs> Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is the shit. He, like, speaking of heavy handed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Performance is heavy handed, but at the same time, it was heavy handed because it was just so Robert De Niro. Yes. If it was anyone but Robert De Niro or maybe, you know, another angsty Italian like Al Pacino. Or, yeah. It, it would have sucked. It would have been awful. Yeah. But because it's Robert De Niro, we forgive it. They might as well have written in the script. Pat's Be- dad, a Robert De Niro type. like that's pretty much what they wrote in the script (laughs) that's what they got from robert de niro angry dad parentheses robert de niro yeah pretty much no disapproving father parentheses robert de niro (laughs) don't drink too much don't hit anybody you'll be fine (laughs) i love that sound advice I love that that's the sound advice of going to an Eagles game and that he can't go to an Eagles game because he's been banned. Yeah. And it just said matter of factly. He says it's so matter of fact. He's just like, you know, I, you know, you know, I can't go because I got banned, but, or he doesn't say because I got banned. He's just like, you know, I can't go there anymore. It just, (laughs) it's like, no, 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 no. This isn't just some like reality that we accept because it's normal. This 
honestly, if I really wanted to, for what happens after ever after, this could it could go really dark. Oh, easily. This would be the movie to do it for too. Because this could this feels like a snapshot of a pleasant time frame within a dysfunctional family. Very much so. <laughs> this is a dysfunctional family, though, and I recognize it because I come from one. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I a client, I'm the president. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, also, um, I loved the therapist, especially when he shows up. To the oh movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> When he shows up and calls the giants those cocksuckers. <laughs> the way that he just says cocksuckers is great. Um, how does Pat not go to back to the loony bin with all the things that happen? A very forgiving cop. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Especially, even if it was self-defense, you would feel like it would be so touch and go that if he jumped in to save his brother, no matter what, in that fight, he's probably going back to Baltimore. It's one of the major things in this movie that's very unrealistic is how they're actually, like, how how they're handling mental health on the personal side versus the actual, like, logistical and legal side. Like, you can't just go in and get your son out of fucking a mental health facility. Like, that doesn't... You just don't. You can't. Like, she walks in, discharges him, and walks him out. No. I mean... Duh. And then, yeah, everything he does throughout the movie, he'd be right back in there. Yeah. He's running around with a fucking trash bag on. I mean, wrestlers will do that. Really? Yeah. What, to like help sweat more? Yeah. Jesus. Helps you lose water weight, which helps you lose weight in general. Which helps you get Um, into a class. Get you to a weight class so that you can wrestle at that weight class. So a lot of the lower weight kids... Um, they would have to cut weight to make weight. And then if they weren't particularly, particularly, uh, you know, uh, strict that week or, you know, committed, let's say, then all of a sudden they got to lose, you know, four to five pounds in a morning. Jesus. Put on your garbage bag suits and your sweats and get to running and doing push-ups and everything else up on the on the mat. And so you'd see guys that like were leaving on a bus trip for an hour and a half to, you know, some random place in Oregon for an all-day tournament on a Saturday. And it's 5:45 in the morning. The bus is leaving at 6:30 and I'm up at the wrestling room watching little guys running around and I'm standing there at like 250 just like i got 25 <laughs> pounds <I'm good. laughs> 
You're just sitting there like eating fucking donuts and cupcakes yeah, and shit. Just I can like legit just you, walk you go, on. guys. I got you. You, you go. You I go. can walk onto the scale with a dozen donuts and be fine. So, um, mm, mm. how's uh, your running going? Mm. Yeah, uh, and then, <laughs> there was one time where they tried to turn a car into a sauna. Oh my god! They turned the heater on like full blast and everything, and, and so like there are multiple dudes who decided who all had like basically fucked around and not done what they needed to do, and it was a varsity and JV tournament. So we have like double the <laughs> amount of kids that are weighing in. So oh this my god, car they get like four dudes in there, just like pack it in and try to like sit and like like they're spitting in a cup and like doing everything they can to like lose weight and it's just like you idiots that must have smelled good in there i'm sure i'm sure the car <laughs> smelled fantastic after that. talk about hot boxing <laughs> yeah um so i've what did you think of Jackie Weaver as the mother? I mean, I thought she was she was okay. I mean, I didn't really have an opinion either way. I disliked her character so much. Really? The written character so much. She Why did that? what she could with it, but it just they just wrote her so come on i made crabby snakes homemade yeah she is a little insipid it's it's annoying it's so easy like that's the one thing you can easily make fun of from this movie just say i made homemades the fuck are homemades what are homemades is that like a philly thing maybe fucking philly philly homemades Crabby snacks and homemades recipes from Silver Linings Playbook. Play, yeah. It uh, still doesn't explain what they are. It's just someone's interpretation of them. Yeah, it's probably just a generic. Term well, came that. Up with. <laughs> what the f- homemades crabby cakes and homemades oh I, f- I found one recipe that calls them pizzas they're like mini pizzas okay well i know that Crab cakes and football are something that Maryland <laughs> So, there is that. <laughs> oh, that fucking shit still makes me laugh. <laughs> anyway. Crab cakes and football! That's what Maryland does! And then Vince, Vince Vaughn's look at him as he walks away. I know. Oh my god. Oh, wedding crashers, I love you. As far as what happens after or after, I'm going to say that they stick together, but there's a lot of yelling in the household. Oh, definitely. There's a lot. 
I mean, they're they're two birds of a really fucked up feather. Yes. I mean, they're good for each other. Well, good as a relative term. They'll continue to learn how to properly treat other people um, and how to properly communicate, but it will take them time. It'll also take moving out of his parents' place. Yeah, or her, like, or, or, or her like living him out of the coach the, house. I mean, you would think that he'd move in over there because then they're not in the same actual building while they're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important. Because I feel like even in that attic, like. Well, they didn't seem to mind by the end of the movie. They're making out in the corner chair over there. Just. I mean, they were only making out. If she took off his pants and then he turned on the TV, <laughs> then that'd be about the time she walked away from him. <laughs> What's my age again? What's his age again? Um, what you what do you think of the kiss the film uh, was? Oh shit! Um, I made a note of it last night, and now I don't remember. Uh, Wow, I'm surprised. It it was whatever. It, I'm struggling to remember when it actually was, but it was a big, passionate one. It had to be the final kiss. Which is what? What was the context of that one again? But when after he gives her the letter, it tells her he knew about it for a week, and he's trying to be romantic. Yeah, that and sounds. That he loves her. Yeah, and then she goes, "Okay." And then she kisses him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they spin around with the strip. Yep. I figured that was right up your alley. Oh, that's totally, yeah, that's, yeah, that was the one, yep. I was trying to remember, I just couldn't remember the context, but I remembered it being some, yeah, then they spin around, and then it pans way back Yeah. down the street. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the typical rom-com kiss, hell yeah. Yeah. Still a B-. minus. I... <laughs> I'd give it an A plus. I love this kiss. Really? I love this kiss. I I loved it when I first watched it. it when it first happened, that's when that was the first time when, like in theaters when I watched it in theaters, that was the first time where I thought, "Oh, this is just a rom-com." Oh like, this yeah. Isn't, this isn't some like special, you know, dive into the like at the end of the day, bare bones. This is still just a rom-com. Yeah. And. We needed that kiss at the end. We needed that. After all the heavy shit that we were talking about. Yeah. That kiss signified the rom-com in this film. For sure. And. I think that kiss. Also is a great reminder. To the audience of. Just know what you just watched. Like. Let's. I know I got nominated for Oscars, but don't let that affect your opinion of the film. It's yeah. expect more of it than what it is. It's a rom-com at the end of the day, guys. That's yeah. all this movie is. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. Even though we discuss and cover some very serious issues, it's still a rom-com. And at the end of the day, my verdict is I would marry it. I've seen it before multiple times. That's I fair. I enjoy it. I still think Jennifer Lawrence is stupid mm. 
mm-hmm. attractive in this film. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I would marry this film. What about you? Uh, I, it's a fuck for me. It's um, I've watched it multiple times now, and I haven't really 100% enjoyed it every time. Like, it's just, it's just not, I don't know. It's clunky. There's a lot of, as we've said many times, heavy-handed shit. Stuff that's just kind of, you know, overdone or overplayed. But, I mean, we could say that about so many fucking rom-coms we've seen. So I can't be too harsh on those qualities. But it's got a lot of good acting. Um, and if you know what you're getting in for and you go into it with that perspective, then I think the unique the unique perspective of mental health issues is always a good thing to cover. And um, yeah, I think as long as you know what you're getting into, I think it's definitely worth the watch. But I don't know. For me anyway, I would say don't get your hopes too high because it doesn't, the rest of it doesn't really follow that formula, the rom-com formula as much. I agree. So that's that on that. Uh, you can find our socials um, are on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Um, or you can find us on uh, Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. You can find. <laughs> <laughs> my Bluetooth speaker right there. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So S-U-P-R Market Sweep. And then you can find uh, my Instagram at Relusa80 and that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8-8. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Hey, hey, hey. So now it is your turn, Max, for the next movie. All right. So for next week, we're going to finally break into um, an actor that we're not going to watch much of because he usually does like rom-droms. But there is a rom-com I've been wanting to watch, and I've never seen it. It's probably the one of his movies, the one of his movies, how the fuck do you say that? The one of his movies. That is how you say it. Whatever. The one movie of his. There we go. That it, that I haven't seen. And it's John Cusack. And okay. it's Kate Beckinsale. It's serendipity. Serendipity. <laughs> the only thing I know about serendipity um, is according to stand-up comedian Nick Thune, serendipity is a word that they ruined with that movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I've heard mixed things about it, but lately I've heard good things. And um, and it's John Cusack. I used to love John Cusack. I, I grew up with a mom who was obsessed with John Cusack, who probably still fucking is obsessed with John Cusack. Thought he was the cutest <laughs> guy in the world. Um, so I've grew up seeing a lot of his, his movies and, um, yeah, I think this is, 
one of the very few that I haven't ever seen. And you haven't seen either, right? I have not seen Serendipity. All right. Well, let's fucking venture into new territory together. Let's do it. So next week, we will venture into Serendipity. But until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. We thank you for listening. We will catch you. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think he made his appearance at some point during this. I, I don't think he but... did, actually. I don't think he did before this. Well, he's saying bye to. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> have a great rest of the week. Love you guys. <laughs>